Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. I think we're rocking and rolling. So, uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for, for loving us. Thank you for your peace and your goodness and just always being there for us. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, I'm going to recap kind of where we were um, last week. And um, also, if you kind of see, you can see that picture. Might have to move the board over just a hair bit. Yeah, you can go ahead and put that up. Can you guys see it? Okay. There we go. Technical difficulties. Actually, it's just technically a small difficulty, right? So, so is that upside down? No, it's just my bookmarker's upside down. So I, w- I want to go back to, to the scripture because I think it's real important like, like to get, get this from the get-go, right? And so, so that's Oklahoma talk from the beginning, right? right? So, so we want to know, like, like, what is God trying to tell us? This book, it's about Jesus from, from the front to the back. He, it even puts his initial in the very front, Barabar, Ber, uh, she, um, where is that? I know that. Hashemayim. Yeah, Hashemayim. Yeah. Et, et, yeah. Bereshit bara Elohim et Hashemayim vei harat. right? What's, what's it saying? It, it's in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. But it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and it's really cool because you look in the Hebrew, there, there's, or in the English, there's not an Aleph Tav. But in Hebrew... When you go, go from Bereshit, Barah, Elohim, like it's got a Leif Tov in the middle of it. And Jesus himself said something. He said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. Now, Jesus didn't speak Greek. I mean, he's sure he's God, so I'm sure he invented Greek, right? But like, like when he was talking to, to the Hebrew people back then, it, it wasn't Greek he's talking, right? And so when, when you're seeing it in the scripture, it's, it's what he's really saying is not, it is. He is the Alpha and the Omega. It's, it's true. He's saying, I'm the A and I'm the Z. He's really saying, I'm the Leif and I'm the Tal. Right? It's a signature. I am the sacrifice and I am the one that's going to be on the cross. And so he's telling you right from the very beginning, right from the start. He's like, like and this is the very beginning. It's his signature, and he's saying, you know what? I know what's going to happen, and I know already, you know, God wasn't surprised. Like, Adam comes out, right? Anybody know Adam, you know, he blew it? You know, well, we blame it on Adam. Eve blew it, too, right? And so, so um, here, here they blow it, and, and um, yeah, all the wives hit their husband. That wasn't Eve, it was Adam, right? Yeah, and so, so but, but here, here Adam's kind of, here, here, Adam's coming out, and um, where in the world am I at? So, too much medication, right? And, and, and so, we just got to trust God in this, and I'm going to keep, keep moving forward, because I, like, totally lost my place going off the cuff. So, 
So I'm going to scripture. How's that? So it says, I'm going to start here in verse, I'm going to, I'm going to recap this because, um, because I want to. It says, now the Lord God, I'm going into Genesis chapter two, verse eight. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east of Eden. I'm going to pull this up a little bit too. And there he put man to verse eight. And there he put, now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Who formed him? God formed him, right? The man he had formed. And the Lord God. Now watch this. What it says, and the Lord God. This is real important. Now what is the Lord? Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D is what? Yudhe right? God is what? Elohim. So it's Yahweh Elohim, right? So, so he says, now the Lord, now, now Yahweh's his name. Elohim's what he does. It means supreme creator, right? The creator of the, of the heavens and the earth. And so, now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east of Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Who formed him? God did. Yeah. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground. All kinds of trees. Watch this. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. Oh, wait. You know what he's saying? It, it looks pretty. Like, do you ever eat something that just doesn't look good? Like, you're like, man, that don't look good, but I'm going to eat it because I'm hungry. And then you're like, yeah, that's really good, right? But sometimes you're like, yeah, it, look, it tastes like it looks, right? And so at all these trees, are steak trees and pizza trees and all of them, they smell good. And there's like just whatever you want, right? It's like, oh, I want pepperoni today, right? So you go over and you get it. Oh, that's pleasing to my eye. And it tastes good, right? And it's good for food, right? There's a whole garden full of it, man. You didn't even have to call Domino's or Pizza Hut, right? And so it says in the middle of the garden were, were and it says, they were, now watch this, because it was pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the, tr- were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now watch, there, there's two trees in the middle, right? There's the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and then you've got your pizza tree, your Chinese food tree, your Mexican food tree, right? You've got tacos here. You've got all these other things, and you've got your choice of a smorgasbord anytime you want, Right? And it was good. Like, like, watch this. Even the tree of knowledge in, of good and evil was good. And it was pleasing to the eye. Right? That's what scripture is saying right here. And so, and then, you, of course, you got the rivers that, that flowed through. And it goes all the way, naming all of them down to Euphrates. And then I'm going to go down to, to um, verse 15. And it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden. Who put him in the garden? God did. To work it and take care of it. And the Lord God in the who? And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Any tree in the garden. Watch this. But, like sometimes butts work out good. And sometimes not so good, right? So, But right here he's saying, you can eat any tree of the garden, but... Watch this. 
You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will get heartburn. No, that's not what it says. When you eat of it, it'll taste bitter and it don't look... No, it says, what? These glasses must be messing with me, right? Because that's not what it says, right? It says, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. So watch this. We have two trees. Can you guys see it sideways? Can you guys see it like this? So we have the tree of life, right? And then we have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So really, if you eat from this tree, the Bible says that the moment that you eat from this tree, you will surely die. So when I look at it, I don't look at it as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I look at it. This is the tree of life. I eat from this thing, I'm good. I eat from this thing, I die. So I have a tree of life and I have a tree of death. Really, that's what he's saying. So what am I going to eat from? What am I going to focus on? Of all the trees in the garden, he says, do not eat of this tree. And you know which one they eat of? That tree. You're like, well, Pastor James, I don't believe you. Well, I'll read on then. Do you believe the Bible, right? You're like, I don't believe Pastor James, but I'll believe the Bible, right? Okay. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone, so he made him a suitable helper. And then then, um, I'm going to go on down to um, verse... I'm going to go... I'm going to go down to verse 25 and verse 2. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Now watch, this is important. I'm trying to highlight this because I'm going over. I covered a lot of this last week, right? I'm just recapping so I can, I got a foundation where I can build off of, guys, right? And so, but they felt no shame. No shame, period. I wrote a note here on shame, and shame causes inactivity in a believer because it puts the emphasis and the focus on you, instead of Jesus and his finished work. Do you know what? They put the focus. Um, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let me go on. Now the serpent, 3 verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals, the Lord God. Watch this. Again, the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say? Oh, wait a second. What's going on here? There, there, there's a distortion already here because you notice he didn't once say the Lord God. You know, the serpent couldn't say Lord. He, he couldn't say Lord, right? He didn't say the Lord God. He said, did God, did the creator, the one who did this, he took the focus off of the personal relationship with the I am that I am and put it back onto the work of what God did because he's getting ready to change them from being in a relationship with the I am that I am, the creator of the heavens and the earth, to trying to, to put them in a relationship where they have to do. And they have to do, and they have to do. And, and he was telling them, you know what? You don't got, you, you're missing out on something because you're, God's keeping this from you because he doesn't want you to know the difference between good and evil. He don't want you to have that knowledge of good and evil, so he's afraid that you'll be like him. And the problem is, is when God created Man, the Bible says that he made them in 
in his image and in his likeness. And he gave him dominion over all the earth, right? And dominion. There's things I want. I want to have dominion in in my life too. And one of the reasons that I have dominion is because I have the freedom to choose. Like I get to choose. Am I going to choose life or am I going to choose death? It's like, like, am I going to choose ketchup or mayonnaise? It's obvious. It's ketchup, right? Mayonnaise is like death. It's like sin. It's like, right? Right? But there's some good things I really like too. Like I love sugar, right? But I've decided that's not it's not really beneficial for me. So I was like, you know what? I choose, choose that, that I'm not going to have anything have a dominion over me. And so I'm going to cut that out of my life because that is not going to rule me because God created me to have dominion, right? And so here, here they are. They're created in the very image and likeness of God. And do you know what, the, what Satan does? He, he accuses he doesn't just accuse you from other people, but he accuses you to you. He, he's like, like, like uh, um, Jesus said, let the weak say, no, you have to be I'm weak, right? Is it I'm strong? Let the weak say what? I need to go to the gym and get it. No? Let the weak say, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, Right? So he takes it out and he changes the God part in it and he says, you are weak. You are rotten. You are, you are, and he puts it in your, he, he makes that to where you start saying, oh yeah, I got that thought. I am weak. I am rotten. I am no good. And so what you start doing is you start, start associating that and really, like, like they talk about not taking the name of the Lord in vain. What's his name? I am. You know, really, when you say, I am rotten, you're you're really taking it out of context because you're saying that God's rotten. I know it seems kind of weird, Pastor James. That's not what that means. Yeah, it is. That's what his name means, right? So so who are you going to come into agreement with? Because those thoughts are very important. Do you know when the priest walked into the Holy of Holies, he was accepted before God. And when he was accepted, the whole... Nation was accepted. Just like when Adam comes and he falls, all of humanity fell. And just like when Jesus came and he died once and for all, all are saved, right? But when the priest would walk in once a year, he'd go in and, and he was accepted fully by God because of the sacrifice. But do you know what was on, the, on his, his, his forehead? Kadosh Le'evach. Holy and to the Lord. And do you know what that represents? That rep- represents his thoughts. Jesus said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Or God says, my ways are not your ways, as my thoughts are higher. And do you know what he's saying? He's like, I've sanctified every part of them from their thoughts to their actions to everything. He left no part undone. Just like when the children of Egypt, or children of Egypt, the children of Israel were in Egypt and they were getting ready to leave. What did he say? I want you to take the lamb. All of it. I want you to eat every bit of it. Why? Because there, there was goodness in every bit of it, right? And he's like, don't leave nothing behind. It's a perfect sacrifice, and it perfectly has given us everything that we need for life and godliness, right? For every part of our life. We can find that when we partake in Jesus. And so those thoughts come, and the enemy comes in, and he starts accusing you. Say, say well, you're rotten, and then he starts... Putting that thought in, well, I'm rotten. 
And then you start coming in agreement with his thoughts instead of God's thoughts. But notice here, he didn't start accusing her. Who did he start accusing? God, right? He said, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman eat from any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will surely die. Time out. He didn't say not touch it. There, there's another distortion right there. Like, like when, when Satan tempted Jesus, he used the scripture. But you know what he did with the scripture? He used it out of context, right? When you take the text, the con, or the text out of context, you know what you're left with? A con, right? He took it out of context and he twisted it, but he forgot that he's talking to the author, right? Like, I wrote that book. You ain't using my own words against me. Watch this, right? And he had an answer for him, but now it's starting to get, get distorted. And maybe it wasn't Eve's fault. Like, listen, like, like, I'll come home and I'll tell my wife something, and then, then she'll, she'll be like a couple days later and say, well, I thought this. And I was like, no, it's this. And like, just a simple misunderstanding. Maybe, maybe she wasn't around. And then Adam's like, no, you can't eat of it. In fact, don't even touch it, right? Maybe it's not Eve misunderstanding it. What if it's Adam, right, that said that? So, so there's so many different possibilities here. Really, it doesn't matter. The fact is that it's out of context and that's how the enemy wants to get us is for us to take the scripture out of context and he'll use this you can use this to beat people or you can use this to lift people and give them life and so the bible says that the letter kills but the spirit gives life right and so so context is really important understanding from the very beginning is real important. Understanding what God's trying to tell us is so important. And she says, you must not touch it or you will die. You, you will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. She's already like God. Being like God didn't have anything to do with knowing good from evil. In fact, God's like, I don't even want you eating from that tree because it's going to kill you. And, and so much of the time we get so focused in our Christian lives uh, on, you know what? I got to do, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. And oh, look at that person. That person's really evil. Do you see what they, they did? Right? And then we end up, up caught up in this works game rather than resting in Jesus and allowing the fruit of the Holy Spirit to live out of us. And all it does is bring death, not just to us, but the people that are around us too. And it's sad. And so, I've been caught up in that game. Like, I was raised in that game. I, I know what that's about. And I was like, when God set me free, the Bible says, whom the sun sets free is free on Sundays. <laughs> no, it's not. It's free when you go to church. 
And the sun sets free is free if you're in America and you're a Republican. It's free if you're, oh, it's free indeed. And the sun sets free is free indeed. When I got that revelation and who Jesus really is and was to me and what he really did for me, I quit trying to eat off that old tree. Because every time I did, you know what happened? Part of me would die, and I would be ashamed. And when you're, when you're ashamed, you know what that does? It separates you from God because you separate yourself. You say, well, I don't want to go from God. Now watch what, they did the same thing. They separated themselves from God. Now what's the root of all sin right here? Not eating an apple. They didn't believe God. Right? We're saved by faith. We believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, and we are saved. It doesn't say that, that, that we go out and start a food bank. Right? In fact, Jesus hit him. He said, says, look, you're going to the jails, and you're feeding the poor, and you're doing all this. But he's like, I don't even know who you are because you're relying on your works rather than on my finished work. Right? He's like, depart from me. I don't know you. You've gone from trusting in Jesus to trusting in your ability to save yourself. And you know what you're a lot like? That. Can you guys see that? Can you guys get back out of the way? Look at that. What does that say? Okay, so what's the solution to this problem? So you see, you got crocodiles in the river, you got a lion, and this lion knows how to use an axe, right? Or either he is cutting and ended up there. And then you got a snake, although the good news is, is a snake don't have a, a, one of those um, triangular heads, so it's probably not poisonous, right? So I would probably take my chances with that snake, right? But, I mean, what are you going to do? Anybody ever felt like that in their life? Like, like, what are you going to do? I don't know what to do. There is no solution to this problem. But I want to tell you something. If you're trying, and that's what we get when we're eating from this. That's what that tree does to us. It puts in a place where there's no escape and there's no way out. And the only thing, do you know what you can do? Let go. Let go. You got to let go of that tree. You got to die to yourself. Die to you trying to do good enough to, to get good enough. Die to the law. Die to the works. Die to all that stuff and say, you know what? I cannot do this to save myself. It only come through this tree, which is really not this tree. It's really this tree that saves us. I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but it's who? It's Christ that lives within me, right? I'm not trying to do good works to get this because I ain't got enough good works to do. 
My worst is rotten. What I'm doing is, is I'm resting in the fact that Jesus' sacrifice was more than enough, just like Adam's fall was more than enough to condemn everybody. This was more than enough to save everybody, even the folks you don't like. That's the gospel. In a nutshell, that's what Jesus did for us. Watch this. And, and so he says, you shall not touch it. You will not, you will not surely die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open." And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Everybody's like, oh, that's good. I want to do good. I, now, I want to do good because if I do good, then I'll get enough crowns. Like I had a dude tell me, he's like, when I get to heaven, I'm working on having seven crowns, and I'm going to earn every one of them. And I was like, well, I'm messed up. I, I ain't got a chance at one if it's on based on what I do. I was like, there's no way I can even earn a little jewel in that crown. My... Only hope is in the fact that Jesus' sacrifice was once and for all and perfect and complete. Anything else? No hope. Now I'm going to jump here. I'm going to jump over here to Galatians because I think it's really important. And in Galatians we have the Judaizers, right? And you're like, oh, those are Jews and they were just trying to turn everybody into Jews, right? And that's really what they're trying to do is make, telling people, once you accept Jesus... You can come into, like, because this is a Jewish Bible. The first believers were worshiping in Jewish synagogues, right? And so he, he's like, like okay, one, I'm going to go in um, Galatians chapter 2. I'm going to start in 15, and then I'll hit 3, too. But he's, so, so here he is. Paul's trying to tell him. He's like, hey, guys, you're, you're not going to get it by observing the law. Now, what is, it, what, what is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Really? Not necessarily. It's death, but it, it, it's kind of like the law, right? What is the law about? Thou shalt not. You do this, you do that. If you don't, guess what happens? You're, you're under a curse. Uh, I didn't say that. The Bible says it. But if you eat from this tree, there ain't no curse in that tree, right? So Paul, Peter's, or, um, Paul's sitting here saying, what's wrong with you Galatians, right? And, and even Paul and Peter are opposed and arguing on this thing, right? And, and Paul gets up and he's like, like, we who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by observing the law. Do you know what he's saying? We're not going to eat from this tree. This is not what saves us. Now, the fact that we eat from this tree we'll have the fruit of the Holy Spirit and we'll want to do good not because we're trying to earn our salvation, but because that's our identity and who we are made in the likeness and image of God in fellowship with Him. You know, you're like your friends. I tell you, my mom used to tell me, you, you look at your friends and you'll see your future. Right? And I was like, well, what's wrong with my friends, right? So maybe a little while, you know, Right? If we, we become like who we hang with, I want to hang with Jesus, right? And so now he's saying, know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. By what? By faith in Jesus Christ, right? So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by... By what? 
by faith in Christ and not by observing the law because by observing the law, no one will be justified. Why do we keep going back to that? Like, why do we keep going back to that? When we have that. Don't make any sense. Jesus says it's kind of like a dog going back and eating its own vomit. If, while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the, to the law, so that I might live for God. Woo! What I'm saying, man, does that mean you're, well, you're just going to take it and you're going to go out and sin? Right? You're going to use it as a license. I never needed one. I was good. Still pretty good. At, right? Didn't need no help. Right? But I do need a lot of Jesus. And I do need to rest in that. And, and I do need to say, you know what? And here's where God really hit me. It's like he went after the, the, the lost sheep. He left the 99 for the one. Where in the world does it say that that one repented? Like we want repentance. Where did it say that he said, the lamb's crying, I'm so sorry, forgive me, come save me. You know, I, I'm a rotten lamb, I'm black and all that. The black sheep, get it? Right? It goes out there. And it hit me. He didn't go after that lamb because it it repented. You know what true repentance is? When that lamb submitted and said, You know what? I surrender to you and I'll take you saving me. That's what real repentance is is I will just rest in in you and rest and trust in you. And now, when, when we find Jesus, now we're like, I'm saved. Boy, did you see what I just did, God? I <laughs> blew that. I'm sorry. Right? So now we're confessing our sins, but we're not confessing our sins to get saved. We confess our sins because we know we are saved, and we know that we have an advocate, and know Jesus, Jesus already paid for it, and we're, we're aware, and we're growing in, in God's grace. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Not trying to get good enough, but living from it's done. And it works. And now I got something to grow in. Right? Growing from grace. Not fighting for something. For, the, for through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. Man, I hate those clocks. For through the law... I, I don't hate the clocks. <laughs> for through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But it's Christ. Who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if the righteousness could be gained through the law, watch this, I do not set aside the grace of God. And everybody's always thinking, well, you're setting it aside so you can sin. No, it doesn't say that. You're setting it aside so you can observe the law, and in doing that, you're sinning. Because if you read on, it says, if you miss one little part of the law, you're guilty of all. And Jesus raised it to this height where it's like, if you even think you're guilty, 
Who can keep that? Who wants to try to keep that? Who wants to put that burden on anyone else to keep? I don't. I want to be free, and I want to walk in his freedom, and I want to see you guys walk in your freedom. Because when you do, you're not walking in shame, trying to fix everything on your own. You're saying, you know what? You used to promise me double honor and no shame, and it's not because I'm good. It's because you're good, and because of your righteousness, and because of your finished work. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let go. I'm going to quit trying to hang on to that tree. And if I die in the process, I'll just go from the other tree. Good. I want to die to that tree anyway. It's never brought me anything but heartache. If I do not set aside the grace of God, set aside the grace for what? For works. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, he's telling them, Christ died for nothing. Do you know what he's trying to tell them? Hey, there is no reason for me to even come. It's all for nothing. That's exactly, I didn't say it. Paul said it. This is a zealot who was so opposed to him that God really changed him and wrecked him to the fact that he's like, I am so in love with Jesus and so enthralled with him. And then the scripture just opened up to him. He's like, oh, this whole time, the Torah and the, and the writings and, and the prophets and it's all about Jesus. And now I see him. I once was blind. Literally, he was. And now I see. I once was lost. And I thought I wasn't lost, but now I'm found. And just like that lamb, that lost sheep, you know how we really repent? Saying, oh, I'm just so glad I'm with you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for coming after me. Thank you for loving me so much. Though I didn't deserve it, you still come after me. That's my Jesus. That's the one I love. And that's the one who has your heart. Are you going to trust him? Was the cross enough for you? Or do you need to add to it? I encourage you. Rest. Rest in that finished work and watch what he does. Amen? If you're out there and you don't know Jesus, or in here or anywhere, I'll tell you something, man greatest thing that will ever happen. It doesn't depend on you or your works or what you do. It depends on what he did. And he loved you so much that he died for you. Do you believe that? All you got to do is say, Lord, I believe you. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you. In Jesus' name. Maybe we're Christians and we're like, man, I've been trying to earn God's blessings, earn salvation, earn a crown when I get to heaven. I'll tell you, just rest. Just surrender, repent, surrender, rest in his arms, and watch what he'll do. Amen? Thank you for your word, Father. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.